Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind MAPCO at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show. Founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Ms. Fitnation. 
if you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. We are live once again from Fayetteville, North Carolina. This is our second show from Fayetteville. One more on Thursday. And tonight, I can honestly say we broke the curse of Tuesdays. Our guest is here. We don't have a no-show as a guest. So, and it's a guest I already met before. And I'm pumped to hear her story and have her share it with you tonight. She is a licensed clinical social worker. A U.S. Army veteran as a combat MP. She's a dating coach, and she's on a mission to develop deeper, more connected relationships. She lives to authentically express herself through radical self-love, mindset, and practice. So without further ado, let's welcome Jessica Kelly to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Jessica. Woo! Hi. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. It's awesome to have you here. I'm glad that you uh, came around. I mean, we met, I think it was in January when we did the Valentine's card uh, gathering for the Mission uh, Travis Manion Foundation. And we talked for a while there and you said you would call me when you were ready. And I was glad you finally reached out and said, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. So here we are. Jessica, I gave a two cent blurb about you. <laughs> Tell the audience a little more about you from as far back as you want to go to how we got to where we are today. All no right. Pressure. Shall I stop in between or just keep you on? Can. You can. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 39 years old. I joined the army when I was 17, December 6, 2001. So after 9-11 and was in the delayed entry program. And um, as soon as I turned 18, I took off to the army. Let me think. Hold on. <laughs> Gosh, there's so much. All right. Is there anything I want to tell you about that? I was thinking earlier, what what do I want to talk about? What what would be really valuable for your listeners? Was there a reason you joined the Army to begin with? Was that something you always wanted to do? Or was that just a, the first in a long list of long line of challenges you started? Thank you for asking. Yes, there was a reason. <laughs> I had a bit of a troubled childhood. I didn't I struggled to 
connect. I was very shy. Um, I didn't get to express my feelings and my emotions a lot as a child. And, you know, as a result, I didn't ask for a lot of help in school. And I created a story that, you know, I wasn't very smart. So as I went through high school, I, I realized that being successful meant I needed to do something for myself. I was going to have to create my own success in life. And I was okay with that. Um, so when it was getting closer to graduate, graduating, I still didn't feel very smart, even though I was in an honors class and I got you know straight A's my last senior year. I did not feel very smart. I didn't have a lot of people around me telling me how smart I was, right? or telling me what college was and where I should go, what I should do. Um, I did terrible on the SAT, so that further affirmed that I wasn't very smart. <laughs> and I didn't think I was smart enough to go to college, right? Well, one day the recruiters were walking around and I met a woman. Um, I thought she was you know, very beautiful. She carried herself very well. And she told me that, she, well, obviously she was in the army. She said, you know, she has a house, she has a career, she's happy. She feel, feels, you know, feels fulfilled. So I thought, you know what, I want that. I want to join the army. I want all that. And I didn't have a lot of options when I was graduating, where I was going to live and that sort of thing. So it was just a perfect opportunity. And I joined the army. It's like a perfect storm for you at that point. And so you, all eyes went to Still wondering, you never mentioned why, why on God's green earth did you pick MP? Because, Rich, um, I went to the Tampa MEPS. Mind you, I'm from Orlando, Florida. We do not have military walking around like here in Clarksville. I didn't even know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know you had to shoot guns. I didn't know you had to wear the BDUs because the recruiters, they wore those nice outfits. The lady was wearing makeup, all the things. Anyways, I went to MEPS and it was a very rough day. Um, I felt very violated that day. <laughs> you know, I'm brand new to all this. I'm like, wow. And then they walk you into the room to pick your job. And, you know, I got like an average score. So they were offering me a lot of jobs I didn't understand, like construction and things. And I was like, whoa, I, I don't want to do any of these. This, you know, I'm getting overwhelmed. And there was a guy, the, the guy who was helping me, he brought out his I Love Me book. That what you call it? Yeah, love me book. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should come back another day. Maybe I should think about this. And he said, look at my I love me book. I'm an MP and I have all these certificates and I get I drive around in an air conditioned car. You get to do all these things. It's great. Why don't you be an MP? And I was like, okay, I'll be an MP. And then he said, you have to sign up for five years because that's all we have. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, fine. I'll sign up for five years, and that's what I did. And did you go to uh, so Fort McClellan or Fort Leonardwood? Leonardwood. Leonardwood. Okay, so, so you went got to go to, from beautiful Florida to Lost in the Woods, Missouri, to attend the MP school right next to the best uh, the best branch in the army, the Chemical Corps, which is right next door to you there. So, I mean, you could have turned left when you got there and said, "I'm going Chemical." Instead, you still stayed MP. And what was your first duty station after that? Uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, my first and only. Um, and I remember being in basic training and they were handing out the orders, you know, where we're going to go. And they started laughing at me when they looked at mine. And I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? Where am I going? And they're like, you're going to Fort Campbell, Air Salt. You're going to go to Air Salt School. And I was like, oh, my God, what is that? Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> and did that's where I went. Did you enjoy the 10 hardest days in the Army at Aerosol School or did you bypass it? No, I went. I went. Yeah. They they sent me because they knew I could pass it, but I did not want to go. You did not want to go? No. Sergeant Sergeant Weaver, he he said, you're going. Don't embarrass us. (laughs) Yes, Sergeant. So you did your five years. You got. You said that in a, we were talking. Uh, of course, we talked way back in January. We also talked in the green room there. You were in Iraq, and that kind of motivated you to what you're doing now. When you things you've seen in Iraq, so share a little bit with the audience the things that you witnessed in Iraq and why you're in your mind you knew you had to do something else. Well, when I joined the army, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I figured five years, I could figure that out. And then I get thrust into the MP world, although I I didn't go on the road until after my first deployment. So it was more of a combat MP. I never made it to that air conditioned car because as soon as I got out of basic training and got to Fort Campbell in January 2003, they were like, here's these desert uniforms. You're going to be going somewhere soon. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start training and uh, yeah, sorry. I'm <laughs> thinking of all the, all the memories with that. That was really scary. Um, and again, so naive, Rich, this young 18-year-old girl, the orders had said we were going to Kuwait. So honestly, I didn't even know we were going to Iraq. And that's a little embarrassing to admit. But other people have said they thought the same thing. So I feel comfortable saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Humvee you in was kind of air conditioning no windows or if at that time you probably still had plastic doors on them. So, and so either it was a hot box or you had a little wind from the hot as a desert air at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, ours were up armored. Up armored. Yeah. Okay. So it was just a hot yeah. box. So. <laughs> yes. And uh, you were just so grateful to have it. So you're like, I don't care how hot I am. I'm going to keep this. I do remember wanting to roll the windows down. And they're like, don't roll the windows down. It's like, I really want to roll the windows down. Let's take a risk. <laughs> Could have volunteered to be a gunner. Uh, they did not put me in that position. No, I was the driver. Oh, well, there you go. That's good. So you got the drive. You controlled the action. That was good. I tried. <laughs> I had never driven a Humvee before. Oh, wow. <laughs> Barely could see over the steering wheel. Probably made everyone in the vehicle so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did have to replace a lot of mirrors. Let's just say that. Wow. But <laughs> the motor pool always had extra, so it was okay. <laughs> they had their own box of parts. <laughs> yeah. The Jessica parts. <laughs> She's back. So let's go get new mirrors. <laughs> new mirrors, yeah. new lights. Everything's going well. <laughs> but, I mean, today I'm... I'm I'm an excellent driver. Hopefully, you drive a smaller vehicle now. <sighs> I can drive them all. You can drive them all now. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Explain the the conditions you've seen the kids in over there that really made you think I need to do something to help them. Okay, so I think you're speaking about how I chose social work. Yes. So when I was in the army, by the end of the five years, all I knew is that I didn't want to be an MP. I didn't want to be a cop. You know, I didn't want to be a police officer. 
I, I kind of, when I would be with the people that I had to apprehend, like doing the questioning and stuff, I just felt myself doing more counseling type work, you know? Um, and I just remember, okay, back to Iraq, how I remember in Iraq, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I just remember in Iraq, in Al-Qut, Iraq, I just remember all the kids running around, chasing our Humvees, laptop keeps chasing our Humvees, you know, with the trenches of poo running through the streets and just, and I would just thought, man, I wish I could give all those kids some shoes, <laughs> you know, and like we were saying earlier, I'm like, maybe they wouldn't even all want shoes, but I would just love to give those kids some shoes. And when I went in search of my next career, I found social work. I went walking around Austin P aimlessly looking for inspiration because I knew the GI bill, I was, I was going to use it. And I knew I wanted to make sure I used it, picked a good thing, you know, made use of it with the three years, I think it was three years. And I stumbled into the social work office and professor C Carter was there and he started telling me about social work and how all the different things you can do with it and how the different ways you can help people. And he told me about a scholarship for the state, the child welfare stipend, and it was a two-year scholarship. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get that scholarship and I'm going to be a social worker. <laughs> and that's what I did. I got the scholarship and I did my time. And then I served some time with the state and child protective services, repay them for their kindness. Wow, nice. And uh, you're now a proud Gov, proud Gov alumni, and you stayed in the great in Clarksville. And what are you doing now with it? Oh, wow, Rich, that's jumping way <laughs> forward. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out, push it forward, but you can, you can put it back. <laughs> well, you know, I worked in Child Protective Services. That was my first job as a BSW, bachelor level social worker. And I interned in Child Protective Services and got the job in Child Protective Services. I just remember being, I was very good at my job. And what helped me be very good at my job was having been an MP, right? Those interpersonal connections, how to you know talk to people, how to get the people in the handcuffs nicely so we can go down to the station, do our thing, go home, you know? <laughs> Um, I had to build rapport very quickly with children and child protective services. Um, I don't know if you know a lot about that world or interested in knowing anything. You can share, <laughs> share along. And ultimately I've always worked with children, right? I started my career working with children and I still, I still work with children. Um, but just kind of looking back how my skills have built all over the years, it really started in child protective services, um, interviewing kids and connecting quickly and helping families. And then I did my two years and I went and got my master's in social work. 
And I went to a more clinical program uh, at Western Kentucky University. I went uh, once a week to Bowling Green to get that. Um, I interned in a mental health facility with soldiers and started learning about like groups, group therapy, and how to connect with larger numbers of people. Um, that was a wild experience. <laughs> and then do you want to know what my first job was out of my master's? Yes. It was a nonprofit here in town in Clarksville. And I was in, I was an intensive therapeutic foster care therapist. I'm trying to think what my title was. <laughs> I worked with foster kids in the home intensive. So I saw them at least three hours a week sometimes. Wow. Yeah. And I took them to court appointments. I, I was also sort of like a case manager because we contracted with the state. So to provide services for the children, an extra level, our kids um, were level two and three children. Um, I did that for a couple of years and I needed a break. <clears throat> So I went into, oh, my computer keeps going shadow. Okay. After that, I went into training and recruiting of foster parents. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I recruited oh. my class, trained my class. It was like eight weeks, maybe. I conducted all the home studies. I wrote the home studies, 10, 15 page documents, <laughs> uploaded all the homeworks, checked all the homeworks, did continuing education once a month for the foster parents, provided the food. <laughs> I did a lot of things in that job. And all the wow. while I was working towards my license, um, my license and to become a licensed clinical social worker. Okay. I was so in the, I, I put myself in, I was in the trenches. Deep in the trenches. Yeah. So you, you had a, you made a lasting impact then on the foster care system. Hopefully uh, a lot of the people that went through your group and your training and certification were able to provide for those kids who really needed out there. Yes, yes, yes. I, um, we were talking about like energy and honing your energy, right? Training your energy and showing up. I definitely, I had, I've had many years of showing up with my energy. Um. Answer someone in the chat real quick there. So trying to call on the phones are not working while we're traveling because I can't connect it through the, through the computer. So. So, so just putting the messages in the, in the comments, if you have questions or comments for Jessica or quote, more, more questions for Jessica than me, please, so she can keep rolling here. <laughs> I know. I'm like, there's so much. It's just, you know, as I think about, as I say one thing, I, I get a trail of thought about this or that, you know, it's. Um, yeah, keep going on the path. Keep The winding path that, that life is, that life is not a straight, a straight path. You know, there's no straight line between two things. You're going to wind up making a, a journey out of everything. And that's what you've been doing since. The day you went to that MEPSA as a, a wide-eyed young, young high school graduate, 
You wound up in the MPs, left the MPs, went to Austin P. Then you became a Hilltopper at Western Kentucky. You, you influenced the foster system through your program. And now, now where are we? You know, I, uh, clarity. I've gained a clarity. lot of clarity yes. over the years. <laughs> Things have become clear. Um, well, I had to leave. I had to leave the nonprofit, right? My time there was up. I needed to go use my license, <laughs> what I worked so hard for, right? <laughs> and currently, I work with military kids. Um, I've worked with the elementary aged population. I did that for about five years, providing groups <clears throat> like play therapy type groups. Um, every grade <laughs> and I smile and laugh because I don't know if anybody's a teacher here or knows anything about working with kids. It's, it's something. It's, it will it's challenge. a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> it will trigger yeah. things inside of you. You didn't know you had, it will bring things up. It will, it pushes you to be authentic, to be yourself you know, finding the best way to work with kids. Right. Yeah. To to save some of your energy, right? Because, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and yell at kids all day to act right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to use different tactics. Um, and no two kids are the same, so. No, no. And then you just get to love them all and you just have compassion for every single one of them, even though, you know, they might really test your nerve that day. <laughs> all day that day yes yes um so yeah i work with military kids and it's hard to describe my job it, my job really doesn't have a manual like a how to you're gonna you know get this these kids this day and you're gonna teach them this and you're gonna do that it's that's not it's not like that at all i get to you know kind of create my own program and throughout the years, I've tried many different things. And if, if you were to ask me what I do now, go ahead, ask me, Rich. <laughs> what do you do now, Jessica? <laughs> I thank you for asking. You're welcome. I teach kids how to express themselves authentically, how to use their voice, how to be their self, how to talk to their parents, how to get their needs met and how to understand their feelings. Okay. That's a lot of stuff, right? It's a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> Let's just stop. Start with authentically expressing themselves. Um, and I do this through art, create creative outlets. Uh, I always tell them like, let's use a different side of our brains today, but <laughs> to give them permission, right? I'll be like, you're using this side of your brain. I'll just use the other side. Just creating a very non-judgmental atmosphere so that they can be their self, right? Because when you're not feeling judged or fear of being rejected, then you can be yourself. And you can create art and be your, you know, you can be creative when you get to be yourself. So. Definitely. And they're more likely to express themselves more when they're able to be open like that. Yeah. 
And there's many ways to express yourself. So I always teach them that there's no right or wrong way to express yourself as long as you are expressing yourself <laughs> is all I ask. Um, so we paint, we use glitter, we sing, we dance. We do it. We do. There's a lot of things we do. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, in the future, I'd love to be a speaker. So I, I practice motivational speaking with them. Yeah. You got a and, candid audience. It's good. Oh, I, yes, for sure. And they give me good feedback. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and after I did it for a year, I started noticing that they were using the same uh, mindset strategies I, I use, you know, things that you can say and um, the things that I say. But they didn't even really realize it was from me. They were just kind of, they were so used to hearing it, you know. Um, and I just, I love that. <laughs> They'll, they teach me my own stuff sometimes, you know. It's outstanding. You molded yeah. that into them. That's good. Yeah. And I hand them the microphone. And, you know, some kids, it took an, a whole year for them to grab it and start speaking. But I believe in, you know, little strides over time. And just letting people do things when they're ready and just, but always offering it, you know. <clears throat> and I mean, there's something we say here in Mr. Baseball is stacking victories. So each day you got to get little, little wins every day, count the wins. Don't worry about the, your shortcomings because you're going to have them every day. Don't dwell on them. Just keep moving forward. So we say stack your victories. That's kind of the same thing you were just saying there. Let them stack those little victories. Maybe it took them a year to grab that mic, but that whole year they were learning what to do with that microphone when they grabbed it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I could use that. I could say victory, you know, <laughs> I give them all the tools. Uh, another thing that we were doing is thought provoking questions because I've really realized that, you know, questions are where it's at. Questions focus the mind. That's what coaching is all about, asking the questions, get people thinking and focus their mind, you know. So we always have a board with thought provoking questions and I put it out there, come up with some thought provoking questions. And they love it. They love to be asked questions. Go figure. And they like to ask questions, too. So. Yeah. 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 So that, that helps them out, too. And they'll learn new questions with the ones you provide them, of course, and bring that home to whoever their guardian or parents are at home, they give those same questions right to them and see if they get the same kind of answers. Right. And, you know, people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> so, you know, the best thing to do is ask kids questions. Yes. And <laughs> out of the mouth, the mouths of babes will tell you a lot of things. And uh, you just got to listen. Oh, my God. They're so smart. Uh, now I'm working with, like, adolescent between 12 to like 14. Oh, okay. So I, I stepped up to try a new skill working with older kids. Um, you know, when I was working in the foster care system, I realized I really like working with older kids, kids I can communicate with more, you know, um, but they, they have their own challenges. Yes. <laughs> and I've learned so much and I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, you know, every boundary, you never knew you needed to put or had they will try to break it yes so if you struggle with setting boundaries 
that's going to be something you're going to have to work on when you work with kids. <laughs> yeah, or, or find a new profession, I guess. <laughs> no, just work on it. All, just work on it. <laughs> hey, all you got to do is practice. Weren't we talking about that? You can. That's right. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. You can get any skill if you practice. I mean, that is what my life has been built on. And you keep practicing new things. I've watched you, watching you on your Instagram, how you've been putting yourself out there to be more authentic and, and learn more about yourself while also talking to other people that you probably would have never talked to before to learn more about what, what they're, what's going on with them, what makes them tick and maybe grow inside of you as a person, as well as help them at the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You've been watching that. You've been watching that journey on, uh, on the Instagram. Yeah, I've been seeing it pops up, and I say, "Oh, look, look what she's doing today!" I always thought you were in different countries. I don't know if it's background or so, but it looks like you're you're like on a world journey, and you're always out there doing things. Okay, a couple of those pictures I uh, put into PixArt and put myself. There in we front. go. <laughs> I was like, "Where am I going to do yoga today?" There you go. Because you know, I like to visualize. I'm a daydreamer, Rich, and. <laughs> You know, I don't know about you. I know you went you went to Iraq, weren't we there at the same time? Uh props, yeah. You go with 03, you said? 03 and 05. Yeah, I was there 03, 04. So we were here at the same time. You know, sitting in those towers, being an MP, and I know a lot of jobs had to sit in towers. Or just sitting outside the gate waiting to come back in, you know. <laughs> they say, go out for 12 hours. You cannot come back. Oh, I used to hate that. Um <laughs> Just, just we'll send you your chow. Yeah. Yeah, those days where we ate a chicken patty every single day. But, you know, it was really cool. a, lot of, a lot of times they called them something different than the next day. It was veal one day, chicken one day, or maybe beef as it got browner. That was the second deployment. We got okay. That was the second deployment, not the first. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, sitting, guarding people, prisoners and doing stuff. I, I spent a lot of time in my head daydreaming. I'm a daydreamer. <laughs> it was my coping skill. And when you were having those daydreams, did you write things down or wait till later to hopefully remember it, write it down? No, I didn't have any paper in the tower. Ah, see, you could have wrote on the wall. Yeah. Opportunities. <laughs> yeah, gosh, no, I just kept it all in my head and, 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 that kind of is what I do today. I, my, what I do now is practice living outside of my head and letting the world experience what's inside of here. What's in there? <laughs> There's a lot in there. We got a question from the audience here. Okay. Uh, what are some challenges you deal with with kids today? with internet and technology bombardment versus 10 years ago. All right. Well, kids. That's from Jake. Hello, Jake Holland. All right. What comes to mind is kids are just like adults. They struggle to get off their phone just like we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they struggle furthermore to get off their phone because they don't have parents setting boundaries at home a lot of times. You know, I, kids come in so tired. Sometimes they're like, I'm so tired. 
I'm like, okay, why are you so tired? What can we do about it? Do you like being tired? Do you want to stop being tired? What, why are you so tired? Because they're sitting on their phone all night. Well, where's your mom? Does your mom know you're on the phone? You know, they're like, oh no, my mom doesn't care. I'm like, okay, well, if your mom doesn't care, you're going to have to care, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, sitting on the phone, people texting them all night, them not being able to set the boundaries for technology, right? Because don't we all have to set boundaries for technology? Should be. I've been getting well, lost in mine too. It helps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that answered the question a little bit. Jake, did that answer your question? Gives a thumbs up emoji. So yes, yes. He's on his phone too. Yeah. That's a great question there and a great answer. Because uh, like you said, I think we're all kind of uh, leashed nowadays. Uh, 10 years ago, I think what he was getting at is a lot of kids, maybe they weren't getting raised by the computer or the tablet like they are now. A lot of kids getting raised by that type of what mom or dad or mom and dad work or just do something else in the house. And I think it's harder to break that than it is anything else. Yeah. And I actually do have something to say about that okay. <laughs> now that I understand more. See, I'm here for you. Rich, I'm not the greatest at math, so I did not want to try to do math. Like what was 10 years ago and what was going on? I don't know. Let's talk about the present. But okay. Technology, it is here. It is not going anywhere. The kids are given a computer in kindergarten, Rich. They have to spend time on their computer. They have to. The teachers, I think keeps going like the teachers, it's part of the curriculum. They have to. So I think we can start with developing a mindset around technology and you know, not looking at it as a negative thing, looking at it as part of their culture. And then going from there, you know, how can we be part of their culture? I mean, we already are part of their culture. We can't do anything without signing up on the internet, you know? I got another question here from Mary White. Oh how do you help the child of a depleted, is that a good parent, I guess, or apartment? Deployed, me? Deployed, deployed. Okay, there we go. Ooh, thanks, Mary. It's deployed. Yes, deployed parent. Providing space, asking questions. How are you? What can we do right now for you? Showing them you care. Um, I like to use canvases, painting canvases, Rich. I bought a bunch of canvases last year. And oh my God, the kids just love to paint on those things. Now, I wish I had an infinite budget <laughs> to keep these canvases going, but uh, but we, we can find other ways to paint. We paint on CDs. You got old CDs, we paint on cards. Um, just anything to express yourself and just keep asking those questions. How are you? How's your mom? I like to ask them how their mom's doing. Have you talked to dad? Can we write dad a letter, you know? actual letter yes there's work there's books you can make a journal and put right. these are the movies we watch this is where we go if i sit what do i want to tell dad if i could tell him something right now because you know we forget things we want to tell people things and we forget you know i've worked with kids through books like that and then helping them teaching them how to focus their mind to come up with something you know awesome 
maybe stay in the present, think positive, and don't worry about what's going on where you can't see it. Worry about what you can do to help the parent that's home. I also tell the children who fear that their parent will die. A lot of them fear their parent will die. And I just say, well, listen, your parents train like crazy. You know, like, remember they went out in the field, they're training, they're creating muscle memory. So when they get out there, they can just act and do what they need to do. So we just have to be and know that, you know? Awesome. So that's, that's one way to try to help them see that they've been working for this. It's their time to shine. Soldiers train yeah. their whole life to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to do it three right months now. In basic, or, or, or four months in basic training like me. <laughs> and then still right away. Yeah. Welcome. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, they made you a driver. So That's good. They, they knew where to put you for safety for the, for them, I guess, not for the vehicle. Since you said you lost a lot of mirrors. So. Not sort of bring back bad memories there. <laughs> no, I, I've made peace with that. Awesome. Which is why hey. I can talk about it now, right? See, you're happy. You have to breathe and let it out. It's off your chest now that you know. You I didn't tell you what my nickname was, though, in that first appointment. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to tell you that. Okay. <laughs> Next show. Next show, we'll hear your nickname. <laughs> so uh, what else are we doing now? What, what do you got going on now? I know you've got a lot more things right. going on right now. And you're building, you're building your empire. So tell us what, tell us what we got going on. All right. So, you know, I really like to plan out. I, I like to make plans, right? And I feel like relative, relatively, I've planned out my career up till now, right? And I've, I've been practicing with my license for about six years. And I didn't, I hadn't really had any new goals come up. You know, I don't know when you got the goal to be, you know, the podcaster, the author, and to do something more, to help more people, right? Um, I was kind of waiting for inspiration. And then last summer, I got some inspiration. And I just started realizing my worth, how badass I was. Because I forgot to mention, I have a couple kids, too. <laughs> I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted now thinking about kids. <laughs> See, going to the whining room. Okay. So I, I have, so I had kids, right? And I'm working with kids and I'm honing my energy. I'm training my energy. I'm getting so good at at organizing my time, doing all the things, still finding time. I've got to fix that thing. Finding time for myself. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, I'm I'm a I'm badass. Maybe I should start letting people know. <laughs> you know, maybe I should start living outside of my head. And that's what I started doing. Now Prior to that, I, I hit a pain point in my life. You know, I've talked to you before we started here. I told you that I'm doing a lot of trauma healing, right? And that's very important to me to heal from trauma. A couple of years ago, I started to be like, you know what? You're the therapist, Jessica. Why don't you go ahead and 
do the work on yourself. <laughs> and I got a divorce. I got some dreams born. And I was like, you know what? I want to make more money. I want to help more people. I want to be creative full time. Why don't I look into some other careers? And I went down a few, you know, I explored different things. I don't know. Did you go like exploring the different things before you picked podcasting? Not really. I just dove into it. Okay. So you kind of knew. Well, I explored blogging. Okay. And then I started thinking, I started noticing like what's gotten me where I am today career-wise. If I want to give myself some credit, which I really never did. Unfortunately, I never did. I know I sound very confident, but this has all come about in the last probably three years. <laughs> I've been training myself, but I realized, wow, Jessica, you, you've really been coaching yourself your whole life to get where you are, to push past. Um, and I, I, I started following a, a, a coach, going to her lives, her free lives every week, you know, building that know, like, and trust with her. And I just, I've gone all in on building a life coaching business. And the more I get to know myself and practice my skills, the more I find my niche and what makes me passionate. And I've kind of landed on dating, <laughs> dating and relationships. Uh, my superpower is relationships, but currently I'm in the dating world. So you know what? I wanted to niche down and I'm like, I want to, I want to help people getting in the dating world because it is so fun with the right tools and with the right foundations. I want to make sure people have them so they can have fun while they're dating, still working on their self, still pushing towards their goals, all the things. Nice. Does that make any sense? I'm just trying to. Yes, it did. I mean, there's a I, lot that's condensed. I understood you. I understood the whole thing that time. I'm supposed to do. <laughs> How does someone get in contact with you, maybe to have you help them or maybe join one of your groups? All right. Find me on Facebook, Jessica Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. I have hearts on my profile picture. Um, join my Facebook group. If you, I go live in my Facebook group every week. I teach a class. And you get me, my personality, maybe some stories. And it's free. Um, I can work with you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm building a program right now. So the best thing to do, you can go on Instagram, find me at Jessica Kelly Coaching, TikTok at Jessica Kelly Coaching, and just start following me and follow my journey. It's it's developing every day, and I'm, I'm working on a program, and I can't wait to get it out. Awesome. And the group, the group page is going across the bottom right now, so if you're watching, you can see it. If you're not watching and you're listening on About Face Radio, It'll be in the show notes when it comes out as a podcast. You'll be able to click on it and get right in there and, and chat with Jessica and jump into her group and learn from her each week or her live classes. My Facebook group is called Mindset and Practice Matters. I had to make sure which one I put first. Mindset and Practice Matters. <clears throat> That's what I've built my life on, my mindset and practice. And tomorrow I'm actually going live at 3 p.m. with a show with my training called A Mindset for Dating. 
there it is. So if you want to join in, it's tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central time, right? Yes. So 3 p.m. Central for for you uh, listeners that are on the East Coast with me right now and those West Coast people that do the math, you'll figure out that I think it's two hours behind. So just join in and, and learn from Jessica. Yes. Be on the journey with me. It's it's a wild journey. <laughs> and I appreciate you having me on this. Um, I was so nervous in January when we talked about it. And, you know, when you put it out that you needed someone, I was like, you know, I'm going to step up and I'm not going to let perfection be the thief of progress. Because sometimes you just have to do it to learn. Practice. And thank you for saving our Tuesday night, like I said in the beginning. Uh, Tuesdays have been a curse for the Misfit Nation, or I guess just ghost us like every Tuesday. You jumped in and, and became our Tuesday guest, so we thank you, we applaud you, and we love everything you're doing. Thanks for you, thank you for that, and thank you for being who you are, what you're doing. Anytime, Rich, and I would ever ghost you. So if you ever need me to come back, yeah. all I'll right, better next time, okay? Outstanding. <laughs> you have a good night. You too. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 